Welcome to another episode of the App Guide Podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp, and this is the podcast and the episode uh, where we help uh, app entrepreneurs, anyone who is in startups or is just really interested in uh, this wonderful world of uh, building apps and running companies. Uh, I want to introduce uh, my guest today. He's going to help us understand one of the uh, most common questions that I get, which is uh, how to go about with uh, funding. It's one one of the big challenges, I think, if you're in startups, uh, is to actually get some funding uh, behind your venture. And so let me introduce uh, Christophe Pompey. He is the uh, partner at Pioneer Equity Partners, and uh, he's currently based in Marleybone, but also his uh, company, Pioneer Equity Partners, are, do have an office in Silicon Valley as well. So Marleybone and Silicon Valley, two are obviously uh, very excellent uh, locations. And uh, I want to wish you a warm welcome, Christophe, to the App Guy podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank uh, yeah, thanks for coming on uh, from uh, uh, Marleybone. In fact, I think we, we used to work very close to each other. I used to work around uh, the corner in Mayfair. So it's a good pl- location, huh? Yeah, it's a fantastic location. It's very central. Uh, it's Yes, yeah, we got everything around us. So And people like to come to our office, actually. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that then. So you are with Pioneer Equity Partners. And how do you help entrepreneurs? So what do we do? Um, we do three things. Um, the, the very first one is, is assistance to capital raising. Uh, the second one is um, M&A advisory, um, mostly on the sales side basis, uh, where entrepreneurs have built company for five to ten years, uh, willing to uh, move on and go for the next adventure and do an exit. And the, uh, the last thing that we're doing is probably more on ad hoc basis is uh, strategic advice. Uh, from time to time, entrepreneur may consider to enter into new market, develop new business model, uh, acquire new assets, um, revamp their marketing strategy, uh, and then we do help to uh, um, uh, to help them through the thinking process and evaluation process of this. Um, uh, strategic option. Yeah, this is great. Okay, so let me just uh, recap then. So you, I, I do one of three things. You can either help uh, entrepreneurs uh, raise capital, or you can help them, which I think is the most interesting thing, uh, with the exit. And that's what we, yes. <laughs> in the app business, uh, we only ever read about these huge, big exits, you know, from the entrepreneurs who have built uh, these apps or app businesses. And uh, in fact, it comes hot, hot off a previous episode where we talked about exits and uh, some of the valuations that you can get now for your uh, app portfolio. Um, but then also you offer strategic advice. So we talk about exits. Have, have you been involved in any uh, exits? Can you talk broadly about uh, what it means for the entrepreneur? So uh, my my background is, is with, uh, I've been working a, uh, seven years with Big Four Company, uh, Deloitte and PwC in London and in uh, mainland Europe. Uh, and I used to work on transaction where actually it's not entrepreneur but corporate. When it comes to entrepreneur, the interesting thing is like uh, the company is, is like a part of themselves and there is a big emotional link between their company and, and themselves. And then you need to take that into consideration when you go for an exit uh, so entrepreneur will be uh, very um, worried about um, who will be the next owner of the business, what it's going to do with the business, uh, because it, takes, it took them so much time to actually develop the whole venture and they, they put so much effort, energy and, and emotion into that. 
that's, that's, that's a very interesting consideration to have when it comes to exit uh, entrepreneur, uh, business owner. Um, so, yes, that, that's my take on this one. Um, yeah, let me just inter- the- interrupt you there then. So in terms of what you're saying, entrepreneurs don't just think about money. Uh, they have so many more important things. These are companies that they've built from the ground up, most cases, and it's their baby, effectively. And they don't just go sell out to the highest bidder. And I do feel like a lot of the audience could appreciate that if you're new to this, you don't see, you just think it's about the money. But it, what you're saying is it's not just about the money. It's not about the money. It's about themselves. It's about, um, it's kind of a reflection of themselves, part of themselves. And then, and then as advisor, uh, we really need to, uh, to take that into consideration and to assess that carefully uh, when it comes to uh, what, what would be the, the buyer landscape or the investor landscape. Um, because, uh, yes, obviously, uh, they, they have some plan for the business, even if they're not part of it anymore after the exit, but they would like to have someone on board that actually uh, can continue the journey and then take the, the business to the next level. And it's really important for them to, uh, to have someone on board, an advisor that actually can understand that, that perspective for the business and provide, uh, I would say, a carefully curated list of potential buyer for them. Right. And I think one thing we haven't really spoken about before in this show, uh, after all these episodes, is the, how to, uh, an exit gets structured. What t- tends to be on there? And I know there is usually some lock-in clause for the entrepreneur. They like to have them hanging around for some time and also non-compete clauses. Are you able to talk about any of those aspects of an exit? I think um, it, it both it's both valid for a corporate exit or entrepreneur exit, if we may uh, call it like this way. Uh, there's a number of considerations with regards to the role of the management going forward after the transaction. In most cases, if the company has been successful and uh, been able actually uh, to grow uh, and to get profitable, uh, it's mostly driven by uh, the current management in place. And the new owner of the business, either uh, a PE house or a corporate uh, we'll be willing to retain part of that talent and that chemistry into the business. Uh, and then you will have into uh, the contractual uh, legal agreement after the deal, uh, some clause around a uh, role of management earned out for an incentive for um, management, current management uh, to do the proper handover and to continue to grow the business to, to a certain point before it handover to another type of management. Um, yeah, so most of the case management get involved. Uh, but again, uh, probably not again, what is really important also to say is, is uh, the current manager need to be happy from a, a cultural uh, perspective with the new owner. And there's something oftentimes not really assessed. It's, uh, it's outside the deal, uh, how the current management feel about the new management or the new owner. Uh, is there any cultural fit and if there's no cultural fit, um, the deal will probably will not be uh, will not go yeah. hard. Uh, entrepreneurs, I can imagine, could be quite fiery characters, and if they don't like some corporate guy coming in and telling them how to run their business, <laughs> so, correct? Yeah, you can't tell me how to run this business. <laughs> so, so uh, I know that we learned in recent um, recently that 
uh, there's several different types of funding. And I guess the lowest of the low is, is kind of crowdfunding in a way, um, you know, getting funds from uh, the public and, and, and Kickstarter type campaigns. Uh, and then we have angel investors who are prepared to perhaps, um, you know, pay somewhere in the ballpark of 25000 to have an, a stake in or an investment in your uh, uh, company or app venture. And then venture capital, which is... Um, a lot more money, but then they expect some really big returns, 20 to 30 times returns on, on uh, that money. Uh, and and then private equity. Where, whereabouts do uh, Pioneer Equity fit in that whole like kind of structure of That's funding? Spectrum. Yes, uh, we, we fit with VCs. Uh, so again, in my background, I used to work a lot with private equity houses um, here in London and in Europe. Uh, now when it comes to uh, startups, uh, we focus more on the Serie A um, because this is really the big hurdle for the entrepreneurs in terms of raising money from uh, institutional investor. Uh, people actually, uh, they have a solid track record in terms of um, investment and exit uh, and in terms of expectation and level of professionalism you need to put into um, the deal process. Uh, they will certainly need the assistant of the advisor to support them because it's quite a time-consuming process. Uh, and then we tend to focus there because this is where probably we add the, the, the biggest value to our client. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of like your clients and whether there like, would be people listening to this who potentially could see themselves as a client of yours, for example. So I'm an entrepreneur and I've got like, imagine I've got a load of money coming in and I've got a, corp, a corporate a corporation that's um, a limited company, I guess, uh, in the UK or whatever the equivalent to LLC or whatever in the US. And uh, the... You know, I'm doing really well, and I basically want to raise some capital because I've got some big plans for the future. How do I even get in touch with you guys? You know, how, how does the process work? Um, what we would tend to do is uh, we're having an initial discussion with uh, with business owner, founder, co-founder around um, the vision and the business strategy uh, um, because we we. Uh, if we're gonna consider to work for them, we really need to buy into the vision uh, and the business strategy going forward in terms of what they're gonna do in the next two, three years. Um, yeah, and we yeah, try so to just on that, you know, like, do you actually are you instigating that? Do you reach out to these these business owners? You know, you can see who's doing really well just by looking at the the, the app store or just reading the press, and you f- figure out, oh, there's a really good entrepreneur there. Let's go and speak to them. Or is it a case of them, you know, coming to you? And, uh, and and knocking at the door and saying, hey, we need some money. So to reply to you, to your answer, it's it's very difficult to identify the very good one. I think it's mostly through networking and um, referrals. Um, from time to time, we get some people knocking at our doors. Uh, tend to be, most of the time, not as good as we think. <laughs> yeah. um, now it's, it's, it, yeah, it's just imagine. part. I have, uh, I have to. People have been listening to what we are saying right now. It's just um, uh, the, the the whole industry is is full of uh, not very good company. Um, and then to 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 figure out which one is the best one is probably uh, through private personal uh, networking. Um, this is where we are actually the opportunity to meet a good entrepreneur. Yeah, um, and, and so you're talking. To, to someone who's been in the, the business in a way, I was um, uh, all around these networking events when I was working in finance. And uh, yeah, a lot does depend on networking. I'm wondering if you could give us a sense of, you know, if someone wanted to 
get the attention of someone like you in venture capital? What types of networking events are, are really good to go out and f find you know, people like Christoph? Um, so I've been recently in a, one big event. It's NOAA conference. It's the largest internet conference in Europe. It's organized by one of the competitors, but actually very good conference. And I have to say uh, there's more than 1,600 uh, attendees. Um, it takes place, I think, twice a year um, in Europe. Last one was in November in, in London, next to Monument uh, Tube Station. Um, so this big event, uh, there is event for VCs again. Uh, and there is uh, other events organized uh, by M&A Advisor about uh, uh, M&A Outlook, Outlook of the M&A market uh, for FinTech, for TMT, and this is a good place, actually, to, uh, to go and, and meet um, either investor or advisor or other entrepreneur like yourself because um, something that probably we need to say uh, right now is a lot of the transactions happening in Silicon Valley and I think in Europe as well, uh, happening between entrepreneurs. There's, there's, there's no advisor uh, involved in the transaction because an entrepreneur will take good advice from another successful entrepreneur um, and from time to time, yes, we, we get sidelining by, by this kind of effect. But um, I, I would re definitely recommend big internet or M&A conference in London. There's, there's so many things happening um, almost on the, quad, uh, on the monthly basis. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful, actually, Christoph. And, and what I'll do is I'll make sure that on the show notes for episode uh, 262, uh, people should go to theappguy.co and search out you, your name and and look on there and I'll put links to some of the things uh, that uh, you're recommending, some of the conferences, networking events. And it just, it's another uh, motivation, I think, for anyone listening to this who uh, wants to go down this route that I'm afraid you're going to have to get out and, and do what Christoph is saying and go off to a network and, and go to conferences and get to meet people and, and uh, pitch your um your company or your um, idea what what sort of what's the best pitch that you you tend to see what what can people do to really improve their their appeal to you i think what is uh i give you an example yesterday i was sitting with an entrepreneur in our office and um it was very disappointing because he didn't know his own business case uh, i tried to challenge him say i need a million pounds say why do you need that money uh, uh, how do you make sure? How do you sure that you're going to hit the the, the, the numbers in the, on your business plan? Uh, and I challenge him about his business model, and then there's a lot of weaknesses in his answers. Um, I think someone would impress uh, any advisor if you know very well the industry, if you know inside out his business plan, uh, both from technical perspective or commercial perspective or even financial perspective. Um, because uh, investor will ask you, will ask you a very, 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 very uh, simple question: How much? What is the current traction? What is the forecast? What is the current valuation of the company? How much money do you need? What are you going to do with that money? Um, and who is the team behind? What is, what is the track record behind the team? If, if you can't elaborate behind that, and you can't back uh, any answer with uh, supporting evidence and uh, very strategic thinking. Um, you know where, and then you don't get the attention, neither the advisor nor um, the, um, the investor. This is great. So what a golden nugget you're giving people here. So know your uh, stats. No, no, because 
I guess it, we're gone. The days have gone where we could just uh, use jargon to, um, <laughs> you know, woo the venture capitalists and just, uh, you know, use words like app store and uh, million downloads and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, because now you understand how it's working in the market and uh, you, you have a good feel for what works and what doesn't. And uh, you, I'm guessing your job is to to make the wisest decisions uh, in terms of uh, the investments. I think what I tend to say to our prospect client, our client, is there's no room for complacency uh, in working with us. Uh, we are here to challenge you, to test you, uh, and to prep you uh, before any investor meeting. Um, that's why I'm, uh, we tend to actually sit down with our client and challenge them on, on the vision or the assumption of the market. Why do you want to think this will, this will work, this will not work? And what if... Um, and then try to have an agile thinking around uh, making uh, assumption around the business. Go and test the assumption, come back, uh, either adjust or pivot um, in terms, either in terms of pricing, in terms of positioning, or in terms of route to market strategy. Um, and, we tr- and we're trying to do that as, as much as we can to make sure that there is a solid business case there and there is alternative route as well that's being carefully sought by the management. Yes, and uh, I was wondering as well, I mean, do you know what uh, is a, a kind of typical structure for a deal? Uh, how, like, are you looking for, is that a fair to say 20 to 30 times uh, earnings um, or 30 times your investment back? I think in those days, it's really difficult to say that. <laughs> um, if we speak about venture capital, venture capital, um, so... For the record, I've been asked by one of um, a big corporate to uh, to assess a different model in terms of um, investing into early stage company and uh, venture capital. Let's see, option uh, is actually not delivering a good return over time. Um, so all these return that you just mentioned, um, they're not reflected into the. If you look at the industry as a whole, uh, it's just above cost of capital basically. It's not that that attractive. Uh, as we okay, think. so let me just understand that then. So basically, venture capitalists, what happens is you uh, tend to invest and have a big portfolio. Let's just, just assume you have 100 uh, companies. We know the facts that are 95 of them uh, basically fail and you lose your money, but then five of them may be big hits and, and they, they have to subsidize all the uh, disappointments and the failures. And, uh, and then you ended up with, if your cost of capital is, I don't know, 10%, you make 11% or just 1% above cost of capital in terms of return. And this is the, I would say, the headline I, I will put on, our, on the article if I have to write something about performance, true performance of venture capital industry. Uh, it's not really that attractive at the, at the end of the day uh, for, uh, for people. It, it's, it's, again, it's a game. Uh, it's a big bet people are, are making. Some players are very successful, but most of the industry is not that successful. Yeah, I can imagine like at the moment in Silicon Valley, what I think is happening is that you've got all these uh, entrepreneurs who are making a lot of money and then they're plowing that back in uh, through angel investment, through venture capital, through uh, incubators, uh, and it's feeding the economy and the buzz and the, and the hype in a way. Um, and do you see that kind of thing happening in London as well? Um, yes. Um, Good. Just, <laughs> you, 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 just, you just mentioned... 
uh, incubator. I think incubator accelerator is getting a great momentum here in Europe. Um, we just, uh, as we speak, um, one of my business partners is pitching for um, a health incubator. Uh, I think in London there is 50, 60 uh, accelerator. Uh, a lot of corporate uh, want to be in the party as well, uh, the startup party. Um, so you have so many, so many, so many pocket of of initiative uh, accelerator on fintech, accelerator on retail, accelerator on fashion, accelerator on real estate, health. Uh, it's getting momentum, of course. Uh, but again, coming back to your question around return, um, I think. Um, if we wait a little bit, uh, those accelerators will not deliver. And uh, sponsors behind those accelerators, we question um, the relevance uh, of uh, actually writing the check to those accelerators. There's a lot of VCs and a lot of corporate behind accelerators, actually, that's sponsoring um, the operating budget of, of this um, institution. Um, but to date, um, except the big one here, uh, in, in Silicon Valley or maybe one or two here in Europe, uh, we don't have any lot of success stories. Yeah, um, that's uh, probably true. We need a billion dollar exit for one of the big apps and all the com- uh, companies. And uh, we need a, a WhatsApp. That's what we need. And then we'll get, the, or an Uber, um, and then we'll get the attention. Um, so there's two things we need to do, Christoph, before we say goodbye to you. One uh, is we like to try and flesh out new ideas and uh, one of the ways of doing that is to try and figure out what frustrates you right now with, uh, you know, finance or uh, could you point to any particular pain points you're having in your business uh, and then we can work out whether there's a, maybe a solution to try and solve that problem. So would you be able to think back to the last few months of work and, and things that have been a real pain point for you? I think what was a really pain point is um, if I take it uh, at the UK level, there is let's say half a million startups in the UK, 25% of them are sitting in London. Um, to do our job properly is actually go through that mass of startups and uh, identifying uh, the good one, uh, and, or at least the most promising one, not on the product level, but more importantly on the management level because um, investor, they look at the team, uh, the team is so important, actually, the track record or, or the credibility of the team. Uh, and most of the time we find probably great technology, but lack of entrepreneurial spirit or commercial acumen, uh, more tech guy or more marketing guy and less product guy. Uh, and I probably what, what is frustrating today is how do we go and find those promising companies? Um, and they probably need some help, obviously, uh, even if they got a great product and a great track record. Uh, they will need some help at some point um, to take some of pressure off their shoulder and to get really a uh, um, peer review of everything they are doing and probably bring something, another element to the table. Uh, that's probably the most frustrating thing is, 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 this, is, 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 is finding the right, the right uh, horse to ride. Yeah, pick, pick a needle out the haystack, <laughs> isn't it? And, yes, right. Uh, you know, in a way, um, I'm always thinking back to a story that I heard. It, this is um, could be true, it could be not. We, d- we don't know. But apparently... Uh, you know, when uh, the founders of Google were going in to, to meet with uh, potential investors, uh, I think uh, Sergi 
possibly walked into the meeting and, and took his shoes and socks off and started walking around and you know they, they were just uh, we don't want to invest with this guy you know <laughs> and interesting uh, and in the way it, it's very easy uh, to, when you look back to say well that was a, a an obvious investment well you know uh, the um it, it's such a, an easy yes but but when you're in the thick of it and you don't quite know what the future is going to hold picking out the winners it is incredibly hard don't you think Yes, completely. Um, we, we, we're doing this because we have an appetite for risk, of course. Um, we're trying to align interest in terms of the entrepreneurs taking risk, of course. Uh, but we're taking risk as well. Um, but we, we, we're doing a lot of due diligence. I think where we, we have improved the last one is, is actually uh, doing a lot of due diligence, not only on the business plan, uh, but on the person, on the management, and trying to understand do we feel like we want to work with those guys? Uh, do we feel like they actually have something to offer new or fresh to the market or a different perspective that actually makes a difference? Uh, and it takes some time actually to do the, all this kind of stuff. So, so um, yes, there, you have to have an element of uh, uh, appetite for risk. Uh, also take the time um, on both sides actually. Uh, this is what I'm saying to our prospect client. Don't jump too, um, too quickly into conclusion that oh, I want to work with these guys or not, test them, um, ask them questions, challenge them as much as we challenge clients to find the, the best fit between advisor and entrepreneurs. Uh, because that's, that's going to be a long-term relationship, obviously, um, because uh, you're going to know the business inside out and you're going to be in the best position to defend the business in the next round or um, until when it's going to be the question of considering an exit or uh, to any other strategic consideration. So you need to select carefully your advisor, and you need to make you need to be very different from all the others, basically. Yeah, that's a, a good one. You need to carefully select your the people that you work with, uh, which is actually one of the big themes across all my episodes. All these different uh, entrepreneurs that I've uh, had a, uh, the good fortune of chatting with, uh, they all say that uh, that the people you work with, the co-founder, is extremely important and uh, the, the team behind you. I, I know I'm, this is slightly off topic, but I, I, can't, I can't help it. There's so much to talk about. And I just wondered, do you happen to just keep an eye on some of the crowdfunding uh, money out there? Because that is a good gauge of whether something's going to be successful or not. When you see uh, you know, a similar product, for example, that's just killing it on uh, Kickstarter, do, do, do you, how do you deal with crowdfunding? And is that you know, influencing the things that you're actually deciding to go for? I think crowdfunding is, uh, is a great option. So it's, it's sitting the alternative investment option for entrepreneur and, and small businesses. Um, what we tend to do is actually um, not to get involved in that, in that sphere because uh, uh, it, it's, it's a bigger bet. And then... Um, what we like in, in, in the fundraising is actually smart money. Um, and what you don't get actually into crowdfunding is smart money because you have random people. It could be uh, people that actually spend part of their pension uh, into a crowdfunding campaign. Uh, anyone who just got, got a great bonus in the city just want to make a bet on the unspecific um, company. So uh, in terms of Getting the money, it's good, but getting the smart money, uh, probably you don't have it. I was, just, I was just wondering if you've, if you actually have had any clients who have come up to you and, and said as part of the pitch, hey, look, we've just raised a hundred thousand or so on, on a crowdfunding site. Look, you know, this is proof. Uh, 
Yes, yes, we, we had that. But for me, raising money on crowdfunding or raising funding from Angel doesn't prove much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's your decision, isn't it? You know, it's, uh... Yes, yes. Uh, if you have convinced uh, 500 people to put a thousand pounds into your company, it doesn't prove you it's a good business. Uh, it proves it's a good business actually when you got clients. And um, let me remind you, uh, the people who are listening to us that a good business is not the business that goes so bigger and bigger round. Funding is, is making more and more money through their clients uh, because the only reason for a business to exist is because it has clients and people are happy to pay for the services of product. And if you grow that, it means you're successful, not because you go and talk to big VC and they pour 20 million into your company. So, Christoph, we have one time. We have a time for one more uh, question, which is: um, This is a show about apps. We love learning about apps. What does someone who is a partner uh, in a, um, a venture capital firm? What what uh, do you have on your phone? What one app could you recommend to us? Uh, you're gonna laugh. <laughs> uh, don't tell me you no. don't have a phone, a smartphone. Maybe it's no, 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 no. I have a smartphone. Uh, the app that I'm using most of the time. Because I'm working so much, I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm doing, I'm working, I'm using this app, Wheel of Pain, which is a push-up app uh, with <laughs> a right. motivational um, voice and telling you to do um, push-ups and challenges. And th- this is the app that I'm using in the morning and probably in in the in the evening just to stay fit. Well, we love pain. I'm going to put a link to that on uh, the app guy. <laughs> we love pain. <laughs> yeah, which is. Uh, actually, ironically, you know, you're the one that's giving out all the love with you. Um, you you uh, invest and and you support a company, but uh, and then you are giving yourself pain uh, as a consequence. Yes, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been a, a pleasurable chat. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. Uh, how best can we reach out and connect, Christoph? What's the best way? Uh, my email, uh, my professional email. I'm happy to to share it with you. Probably you already have it, but that's the best way to connect with me. Yeah, I'll put. I'll tell you what. I'll put a link on that on the show notes. Uh, it's episode two six two. Just go to theappguy.co and search out Christophe uh, Pompey. And thank you so much for coming on. It's, uh, it's you, great, Ian. and uh, all the best with um, making some of those big bets on billion dollar exits. <laughs> thank you, Paul. Have a good day. For Imano listeners, I'm offering a giveaway uh, page and it's full of various software apps, tutorials where you can win valuable prizes just by entering. Uh, To get access, go to theappguy.co and click at the bottom where you see giveaways or you can go to the specific link, theappguy.co forward slash giveaways, all lowercase, and uh, then you can access them simply by entering the uh, giveaway and it's free. So Thank you very much for listening.